Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. Oh yes, it is. Hello everyone, welcome in to the latest edition of the Sanders Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. Welcome in to episode 23 of the most factual podcast in the world, certified by Xander. It's a Xander's fact. It's a fact. Welcome in. Episode 23, Wednesday, July 7th. We are out. Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you want to support the Xander's Facts podcast, and if you like the facts, then remember, click that follow button, wherever it is. Download each episode, including this one, episode 23. Rate and review the podcast, and then... Go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Follow, like, subscribe to the facts on social media. And remember, the most important thing of all, spreading the facts. Tell all your friends, Xander's Facts Podcast. You know what? Swipe into any DMs you got. Tell them Xander's Facts Podcast. If you don't know what a DM is, I'm sorry. We've got a big show this week. It is finals week, ladies and gentlemen. And not just the NBA finals. The Euros finals are this week. Well, eh, because remember back in the podcast a couple weeks ago, I picked France. Well, here's the thing what happened with France. They didn't win. They lost to somebody, Netherlands, I think, in penalty kicks. Please. And they were the reigning World Cup champions. Please. Let me tell you something. England's not going to win. It's going to be Denmark and Italy. And Denmark is going to win the whole thing. How about that? For Ericsson, there you go. Sanders facts, Euros, finals, prediction. Now let's go to the real finals. Because the NBA finals are starting this week. And it's big time deal. So, I brought in the big guns. I brought in the guest with the most ever Xander's facts appearances. That's right. It's Hillbilly. He is back on for a record-setting fourth time we talk NBA Finals, which are this week, and then we get into the draft and all that stuff we were going to get into. We talk about all that. So here we go. Let's get ready. NBA Finals show right now as the Zaders Facts Podcast continues. Xander's Facts. All right, welcome back to Xander's Facts. And once again, for the record-setting fourth time in history, it is Hillbilly joining us here on Xander's Facts once again. Hillbilly, how are you? I'm, I'm well. At this point, I feel like I'm just padding the statistics of my dominance on Xander's Facts because I think I'm at least two up on anybody else. Yeah, no, one, no right. one's going to get close. So I'm just padding it at this point. Come on. There you go. We've got a ton to talk about this week because the NBA finals start tonight. Well, we're recording this on Tuesday, so they'll, they start after the podcast comes out, but whatever. So the finals start Tuesday night, the six, it is the bucks and the Suns, as both of us predicted two weeks ago, I believe. And both of us had the bucks in the finals. I think at our playoff preview. So how about that, Sanders Facts? How about that? 
So it's the Bucks of the Suns. The Spucks are the third seed in the East. They beat the Hawks in six games. The last two, I believe, without Giannis. We'll get into that. And the Suns beat the Clippers in six games in the Western Conference Finals. So first, let's talk about the Bucks because I did mention that there's a big issue going on right now with Giannis and what's whatever that's going to happen. So, uh, Hillbilly, what are your thoughts right now on the Bucks just coming out of the uh, Game Six win against Atlanta? It, it was encouraging. I think that if Trey Young had been healthy, I think it would have been very different. But you know, I, I think that the fact that the Bucks did as well as they did without Giannis is, is very encouraging. And that's that's the big issue. We don't know about Giannis. He's doubtful for game one, so he's probably not going to play. But what do you think is going to happen here? Because he had a hyperextended knee. Is that what it was? Right. In game four. And he's listed as day to day. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I think obviously if he has any ability to come back, he's going to come back. And how healthy he is, is just going to be so important. Because as we saw with Trey Young in the last series and with, James Harden in the series before that, you know, there is a point where just because the superstar is on the court, they may still be a liability for their team. You know, if they've, they've got to be responsible for guarding somebody. And if he can't really move, that's a big problem. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that anybody other than uh, Giannis's trainer has any idea uh, where he is. I mean, he's obviously a freak uh, athletically. So freak. freak. You know, anybody that anybody that saw that injury would have thought immediately that he was out for probably about a year. And obviously that didn't happen. So, you know, they, they say that he's doubtful for today or tonight, but that he's making good progress. He's, he's doing things on the basketball court now. So hopefully we see him back because it, it will obviously be very, very different without him. I think the fact that he is the Greek freak and they have listened to him as day to day. He'll probably come back in the next few games, I would think. I think importantly, they need him for game three. They, they can't drop a game in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Like, that, you know, they, they could lose these next two games and still be in good shape if they get Giannis back. So just I think we're all hoping for a healthy finals. Yeah. And as you mentioned, the Suns do have the home court because they finished with the better record and the better seed in the West. They went 51 and 21, and the Bucks went 46 and 26. So without Giannis, the Bucks, they did pretty well. Chris Middleton had, well, that was in game three. He had 38 points, but Brooke Lopez put up 33 in game five. Drew Holiday had 27 in game six. So they had their other guys step up without Giannis in those last few games. Right. But that was against the depleted Atlanta squad that was at that point missing quite a few players. Um, Remember they were missing DeAndre Hunter. Uh, Cam Reddish had just come back. Trey Young was a liability. He, He really shouldn't have been out there. Terrible. You just, you can't bench a guy like him. Phoenix doesn't have those problems. And I don't know that they're going to be able to play the kind of bully ball inside that they did against Atlanta. Although maybe it was really impressive what Milwaukee was able to do inside, given that Atlanta, I mean, they, Clint Capella is no slouch. He's, he's a very good interior defender. And John Collins has good size. So, you know, maybe if Brooke Lopez could do that against them, maybe he can do that against Phoenix as well. 
Yeah, the Suns have no players on their injured list right now. And the last one they had was, I guess Devin Booker had that face injury in game two, but he came back the next game and Chris Paul was in COVID protocol. But mm-hmm. I mean, they're fully healthy. Phoenixes. I think Chris Paul still has some residual effects from that that injury that he had to his shoulder, where for a while there he had a hard time like lifting his arm. But you know he's also had about a week to recover, so he's probably going to be in. And last we saw him, he was putting up forty points. But hold on, it wouldn't be the twenty twenty one playoffs if we did not have some very significant injury in the finals. It, it, I would I would honestly be surprised. If a major player didn't suffer a major injury. Yikes! Unfortunately. uh, So who knows what's going to happen. You mentioned Chris Paul had 41 points in that closeout game against the Clippers in game six. He became the oldest player in NBA history to have scored 40 plus points in a closeout game in the playoffs. Sanders facts. Sanders facts. The previous oldest was a gentleman named... Michael Jordan, when he did it back in 98. Huh. So there you go. So let's talk about the Suns because they've got, I mean, Chris Paul's not even the best player. They've got Devin Booker, who had that triple-double in game one. They have DeAndre Ayton. Campaign put up 29 points before really not doing much the rest of the series. But what about the Suns? Because they are fully healthy. They just got rid of the Clippers. They have a couple more days rest on the Bucks. So what are you expecting from them in the finals? Well, I think... That they they're a good matchup with Milwaukee. You know, there were they played each other twice this year, and the Suns did win both of those games, but I think they won both of them by a point. It's a fact. So they were very close. Giannis had really good games against them. So, you know, I I think the Suns are gonna without without Giannis being out there, the Suns have a lot of options. And I think that they'll have the confidence of thinking as long as they play their game, they should win. And as long as the Bucks don't score or don't all of a sudden, you know, rediscover their three-point shooting. But, you know, I think that they're going to play a very controlled tempo game with Chris Paul. One of the things that makes the Bucks really good and when they win is usually when they're getting in transition a lot. And because somehow their defense has broken down the, the opposing offense. And I think that Chris Paul is going to be difficult to do that to. I think that the Suns are not going to have a lot of turnovers leading to transition points and then the Bucs are going to have to find a good half-court offense, and that's going to be tough for them. So you were right. The Suns and the Bucks played two times in the regular season. The Suns won both of those by a single point. Back on February 10th, the Suns won 125-124, and then in overtime on April 19th, Phoenix won 128-127. That's cool. I don't think Drew Holiday played in the last game. Against the Suns? Or maybe it was the first game. Yeah, he, he missed one of those games. Well, there you go. So you said you were talking about offense and defense. So this was a historical season for offensive efficiency. I mean, the Nets were just, of course, the Nets were going crazy. I mean, they had three of the greatest players. But the Suns and the Bucks, respectively, ranked 10th and 11th in offensive efficiency. And in the postseason, for defensive efficiency, the Bucks ranked first and the Suns are second. It's the truth. So that's pretty surprising to see those high scores, uh, high, those two high scoring games in the regular season, considering these were the two best defensive teams in the playoffs this year. Well, and the playoffs are different, which is why I think that the Bucs really do have a good chance, especially if Giannis can come back, because I think that 
what we saw in the Atlanta series is that size really matters in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If you can overwhelm the other team physically, you can make up for a lot of the adjustments that the defense can make over a seven-game series. The Lakers showed that last year when they were just so much bigger than everybody else. And that's pretty much what the Bucks did to the Hawks and what I think they can do to the Suns because you know the Suns are going to put DeAndre Aiden out there and he is tough and he has improved a lot defensively. But I think him and Brooke Lopez is a good matchup. They don't really have anybody to handle Giannis. I think they'd have to put Jay Crowder on him and I think that would be tough for them. Assuming Giannis comes back. All right. So the Bucks are looking for their first championship since 1971 when they won the Western Conference Championship. They were in the West back then. Their top two players that season were Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson. So it's been a while. And they haven't made the finals since 1974. Or it wasn't called the finals back then. It was the NBA Championship Series or whatever. Like that's how long it's been. They, they, they've had some good teams and they've, you know, they've never really been tankers. Like they always try to put out a good, a good squad and they have had some really good, I mean, the Michael Red teams and the Ray Allen, him and Glenn Robinson, they had those years as well. So, so they, 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 the, the Bucks have historically put out very competitive, very tough teams. It's just this is the first year where they have the kind of transcendent talent where it looks like they can get back into the finals like they did in 71 when they had the transcendent, transcendent talent of um, Kareem Abdul-Luau Cinder and um, yeah. Oscar Robertson. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten pretty close recently, but now they finally made that jump. Mm-hmm. So the Suns have never won the NBA championship they were founded in 1968 they've been to the finals twice back in 76 and 1993 when charles barkley was their best player oops so this is a pretty big matchup i mean the last time either of these teams was in the finals was in 93 the last time either of these teams won was in 71 so this is definitely different than what we have seen recently with the Lakers and the Warriors and the Cavs. Yeah, and that's part of the fun of it, is that it's it's definitely new. The truth lies here. Tuesday night, we said the finals are starting. This is the first ever time, Hillbilly, that the finals are being played in the month of July. And that's... That's a fact! Because they started the season back in December. And then two weeks ago, we talked about how the next season's going to start, how they want to do it in October like it usually is, but we don't want that to happen because injuries, like you're seeing right now, almost every team except for the Suns is injured because they did they had a short break in between last season and this season, then they're going to try to do it again this year. So, But it is historic. First finals ever in the month of July. How about that? How about that? So. Here it comes. Hillbilly, both of us two weeks ago picked the Bucks to beat the Suns. We didn't even know these teams were going to be in the finals because that was the conference finals and both of us picked the bucks to be in the finals and i think both of us picked them to win in our playoff preview <laughs> so we're kind of on a roll and now it's down to two teams <laughs> suns bucks so final predictions because now we know i mean we've got new information we don't know about Giannis. so what is your final sanders fact prediction for this finals I believe that Tory Craig will get a NBA 
champion ring. Who? Huh. Tori Craig. <laughs> player for the Phoenix Suns. Oh. What? You're flipping on your past. No, I, I believe that I believe I believe that Tori Craig will get a NBA championship ring that says the Milwaukee Bucks. Because that's one of the interesting things about this finals is Tori Craig spent half the season with the Bucks. Oh. So no matter what happens, he gets a ring. So he okay. he can't lose. So I think he's going to get an NBA champion ring that says Bucks on it. I'm not going to go back on my previous prediction. I think the Bucks will win. I do think that Giannis will come back, and I'm hoping that Budenholzer learned something about manhandling in the paint and that they're going to be able to do that to the Suns once Giannis comes back. And I think they match up well. I think Drew Holiday can, you know, he's – he varies a lot in his defensive ability. Like some nights, it looks like he can just take the ball from anybody. And then some nights, it looks like anybody can get by him. But I'm thinking that Chris Ball is not as quick as he used to be and that Drew Holiday can stay in front of him. And I think he can defend him well. And then just let Booker have his nights, but try to limit everybody else. And I think the Bucks can get it done. That's a pretty bold prediction, thinking Budenholzer learned something and that he's going to change. It is. <laughs> so I it is, and it's especially it's especially bold considering that in game six they went away from that they still beat the hawks but they kind of went away from pounding it on the side and i don't know why even the announcers you know marv albert and his grand finale marv. was wondering why they aren't just pounding it inside so what do you think sandra well i as I said, I picked the Bucks before the playoffs, Xander's Facts. I picked them two weeks ago, Xander's Facts. So I'll pick them now, Xander's Facts. Too many facts. Bucks in six, so they can win at home. Yeah, I think it's going to be Bucks in seven. Oh, okay. I, I really don't think we see Giannis back tonight. I doubt we see him back for game two. So I think it's going to be tough for them to win in six. But So the finals begin Tuesday. That's when... Game one starts Tuesday, July 6th, 9 o'clock in Phoenix. All the games, I think, are at 9 o'clock Eastern, which is late, except for game three, which is Sunday. So game two is Thursday, the 8th. Game three, Sunday, the 11th. Game four, Wednesday, the 14th. That's a long break. Game five is Saturday, the 17th. Another long break. Game six is Tuesday, the 20th. And game seven, if it happens, would be Thursday, July 22nd. Thanks goodness that's over. That's kind of long breaks, but uh, I digress, whatever. It is, which I think will help the Bucks. I mean, I think that, that gives more time for Giannis to come back. The Bucks have a shorter bench, so the more rest, the better. I, I think that favors the Bucks. But the nine o'clock start just sucks. That's a big fact. Now we've got the finals. So last week, or two weeks ago, I think, was when the draft lottery took place we were going to talk about last week. Now we're going to talk about it this week. So for the first time since 1970, Hillbilly, the Detroit Pistons have the number one overall pick. And in 1970, they chose Bob Lanier, which was pretty good. Hall of Famer. Fact. The majority consensus is Cade Cunningham for the first pick. So what do you think about that, given the Pistons and their playing style and all that? How would that fit? Well, I mean, the Pistons just drafted a sizable point guard 
in Killian Hayes, who did not have the best rookie year, but definitely, yeah, showed some signs of progress. I think they, you know, if, if it's not Kate Cunningham, from what I've been saying, it was going to be Jalen Green. And, you know, so he's not a point guard, but he's, he's still, I think, still projects as being a guard. So, you know, I think they just, when you're picking that high, you, you just have to go with what your gut tells you about who the really transcendent talent's going to be. And it seems that Cade Cunningham is going to be that. And they could make the Pistons interesting. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, they haven't been good since those mid-2000 teams, really, where they were defensive-centered. So To give Detroit credit, they never tend. They always tried to produce a good yeah. team. And so they were always stuck kind of right in the middle, you know, like they, Detroit was in the playoffs two years ago, I think when Milwaukee beat them, when they had play Griffin, the Pistons were a good enough team to go to the playoffs and get destroyed by the box. So I think it's kind of fair that they get the number one pick since they weren't tanking for years. To get it. But I mean, they don't have to pick Cade Cunningham because they do have Killian Hayes. Who's, you know, almost the same size. I mean, there are a ton of great players at the top, a ton of players who could be superstars potentially in the league. There's Cunningham, there's Jalen Green, who was in the G League last year, Evan Mobley, who was on USC, Jalen Suggs on Gonzaga. Everyone knows him from that shot he took against UCLA in the Final Four. Jonathan Kaminga, who was on the G League with Jalen Green. So, it doesn't have to be Kate Cunningham. I mean, the Pistons have a bunch of options here too. Yeah, they do. And it, it just seems as though if they're going to go for a guard, it seems like they should go for Kate Cunningham. If they don't want to do that, you know, Evan Mobley is a very interesting big man prospect. Pistons have the first pick, as we said, and then going down the line, the Rockets have the second pick. The Rockets just they're all terrible to share. The Cavaliers, who have some exciting young young players and the Raptors are fourth the Raptors who weren't terrible but they were not playoff material last year well the Raptors are the are the really interesting one I think because you know the Raptors are obviously just a couple of years from winning the championship and they have a lot of those players still on the roster Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they don't have Kawhi, who was the big one. Yeah. But you know, they 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 had a really good team, and they have a lot of those players still, and they have other guys that are getting better. You know, OG Ananobi is kind of coming into his own as a really dominant wing defender and scorer. You know, along with Pascal Siakam, Van Vliet's playing extremely well. They just have maybe the best player development in Toronto than anywhere. They have like you just. It looks like everybody that comes off their bench can play basketball, which you would think would be a given in the NBA, but it's not necessarily, you know, just, you know, like guys like Boucher who come in and just like, you don't even know about the guy, but like, it's like, where did this talent come from? He's really good. Um, So they have actually a really, really strong team with a lot of either all-star or borderline all-star level players on that team, especially if, Kyle Lowry comes back, um, which is going to be interesting what happens with Kyle Lowry. The reason they didn't go anywhere this year isn't because of a lack of talent or bad coaching. 
they just got dealt the worst hand from COVID that mm-hmm. any professional sports team has probably ever had. Yep. I mean, they Toronto hasn't had a home game in a season and a half. You know, I mean, they've been stuck down in Tampa. Yeah. Morning, morning. And it, it wasn't even that they were playing their home games down there. They couldn't even really get back up to Canada to visit their families much. Um, it was just a horrible, awful year. That the fact that they the fact that they weren't the worst team in the league is pretty remarkable. So you know, you take a team with a roster like that, with good coaching, star level talent already, and you throw on one of these players that's projected to be a franchise level player. And you could have them right back in the thick of it next year. That is, I mean, that is interesting because they were dealt a bad hand and they're a good team. Like even without Kawhi the last few years, since they won that championship, they've been good. But again, they played their games in Tampa. So, I mean, that's the thing. And they could be right back in it. Like we thought last year with the Warriors, when they got the second pick and picked James Wiseman. And of course the clay injury derailed all that because we thought, well, the Warriors are probably going to be title contenders and they have the second pick, but all that just... But the Raptors, I mean, they've got a good chance at fourth with a lot to choose from at the top. They're going to get a really good player. Um, a player that could step in as a rookie. I mean, I think most people probably think that it's Kuminga is going to be left at that point, but it'll be Kuminga and one of the players of either Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, or Jalen Suggs. Mm-hmm. and any one of those could really make a huge difference for them. So finishing out the lottery, because the lottery are the bottom 14 teams. You've got the Magic at five, Thunder at six. Thunder we can get into in a second. Warriors are seventh. Magic are eighth again. They have a second pick. The Sacramento Kings are ninth. Pelicans, 10th. Zion. Wow. The Hornets are 11th. Spurs are 12th. Pacers are 13th. And the Warriors have another pick at 14. Quick facts. So I was gonna I said we were gonna talk about the Thunder because before the draft lottery happened, we were looking at all the scenarios and we saw the Thunder have the potential had the potential for what was it, three lottery picks, one in the top four, but they only got one. Yeah. They do have three first round picks. They've got 16 and 18, which are not far behind the lottery. They only, I mean, they only have the sixth pick. Well, I think that this just isn't the best year for the Thunder as far as the draft goes. But what they're going to do is probably get get a few more good players. And they're going to be right back in the same boat next year because they've got draft picks for like the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they'll, you know, one of these days they'll hit the jackpot with that. And they just they have a lot of a lot of good players that they can hopefully get through that. The Warriors are going to be interesting. Because mm-hmm. while they have those picks, obviously the Warriors were a little bit disappointed. They were really hoping to get pick number four, which they had a really good chance of getting. But, you know, obviously that did not happen. But I think with the picks that they have, because they now have two first round picks still, one of them picked number seven. And I think, what, what's the other one? Pick 14? Yes. It's very likely. There's a lot of talk about the Warriors making a move. And... What that move would entail is probably Wiggins for his contract, because he has a max contract, James Wiseman for his talent, and then those two picks for someone like Damian Lowe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Or someone along, someone of that caliber, which isn't really that bad of a trade. So it can be interesting to see what the Warriors do with that as well. 
I mean, <laughs> Steph, Clay, and Lillard as their three guards. I mean, that'd be interesting. And the Trailblazers fired their coach too, Terry Stotts, and they just got Chauncey Billups, who reportedly Damian Lillard's not so happy about. So that could be interesting because he could wind up anywhere. Damian Lillard's earned a ticket out. He, he's been great for Portland for a long time, never complained. And I think he, if he's done, he's done. And I think that it would be a situation where Portland tries to make him happy, just to try to keep their rep. And mm-hmm. that would mean trading Damian to a contender. And Golden State would seem to fit, fit in with that because they could really get a good return for that. I think another interesting people have been throwing around whether or not Golden State can use that same package and try to entice Washington to trade Beal uh, for that same package. So, but you know, you could have, so if, if they could entice Washington to make that trade, you could have Golden State team next year that has Beal, Curry, Clay, and really have a lot of power going into the season. It'll be interesting about Beal because Washington's getting a new head coach too. So we'll see if Beal is warm to the new coach. Yeah. And Beal's another one of those guys that like, if he wants out, they should give it to him. You know, I mean, he has been a good sport. He's really tried. It's been a bad time in Washington while he was there. You know, these days of player empowerment, teams have to be careful about their reputation if they're going to try to lure any free agents. And players all talk. And if like Portland were to screw over Damian Lillard and trade him to Orlando or something like that, it would be really tough for Portland to sign any free agents. Yeah. And keep McCollum when that comes around too. Well, I think if, if Portland if Portland does trade uh, Damian Lillard, they have to move McCollum too. At that point, they just have to blow the whole thing up mm-hmm. and get what you can for everybody. I mean, at that point, when you've got a new coach, just... So the Thunder, as we said, have... The three picks in the first round, six, 16, and 18. That's the most in the first round tied with the Rockets, who have the second pick and the 23rd and 24th. How about some little quick Xander's facts here on the number one pick? Here comes a fact. The Pistons have their first number one pick, as I said, since 1970. The team who has had the most number one picks is Cleveland, the Cavaliers. Fact. They have had six so in 1971, that was their first one, Austin Carr. 1986, they had one. 2003, of course, LeBron. 2011, Kyrie Irving. 2013, Anthony Bennett. Disaster. But 2014, Andrew Wiggins, who, of course, is still not there. And the, there are a couple teams who have had never had the number one pick. The Nuggets, the Pacers, the Grizzlies, the Heat, the Thunder, and the Jazz. How about that? And those all, I mean, the Nuggets, Heat, Jazz, Thunder, they've all been pretty good. I guess the Thunder doesn't include the Supersonics, but those are all pretty good teams. So those are, I mean, those are definitely teams that don't tank. Yeah, yeah, they are. And I think that I, I think that they show that it's it's a good way of going about it. I think that Philly has shown this year that tanking and the process can get you into trouble. Because then you have a culture of losing. And that's just infectious and tough to get rid of. And you end up with a guy who can't shoot free throws like Ben Simmons. So the blue the Duke Blue Devils, Coach K last year, have the most number one overall picks. Three of those were coached under Shashevsky. It's a fact. Um Art Heyman back in sixty-three 
And then recently, 99 Elton Brand, two, uh, 2011 Kyrie Irving, and of course, two years ago, Zion. So, I mean, how about that? Sanders Facts, NBA Draft. So the draft actually takes place. It usually takes place after the finals in June. It takes place after the finals in July this year. It would be one week after game seven, if there is a game seven, Thursday, July 29th. Overrated. So Hillbilly, any other thoughts on draft lottery teams future? Um, I hope that these five players at the top of the draft are everything that everybody says they are because we could be looking at a really monumental draft because they're also saying that beyond them, it's also deep. So, you know, you could be seeing a draft where you have, you know, maybe four of those five players really develop into franchise players. And then also some nuggets in the later part of the draft, you know, uh, that people just didn't see coming because there's always a few and in deep drafts, there's more than a few. And, you know, it could really be the year that people are looking back on as an important draft. Yeah. I mean, guys like Davion Mitchell at Baylor, Corey Kispert at Gonzaga. I mean, those are the ones we know. I mean, there's a right. bunch of international players who we've never seen play. Maybe there's a Jokic out there. Yeah. A Jokic, a Doncic, a Giannis. I mean. I mean, you, you go back and you look at previous drafts and every year there are two or three players that are just franchise level players that obviously GMs missed on because they're drafted late. You you never know. Sanders facts. All right. So Hillbilly, any final thoughts? Finals are this week. Lot draft is after that. NBA season's coming to a close. I, I, for one, I'm happy with the finals because it's new. They're new teams. I think it's going to be really interesting. I just hope that people can stay healthy. Maybe they will buck the season trend of everybody getting hurt and we'll have a good finals where the Milwaukee Bucks are triumphant. I, I definitely am excited to watch with the Suns and the Bucks because I do, I have grown to like Devin Booker, especially. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. So for the record setting fourth time, Yep. Hillbilly, thank you for coming on the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you. This is Xander's Facts. Well, there you go, folks. The Milwaukee Bucks, NBA champions. Will they be? Let's hope so. Because they didn't beat the Suns. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. And on that podcast, we thought Giannis wasn't going to play. Guess what happened in game one? He played. Yeah, I know. Quit whining. All right, that's it. Thank you once again to Hillbilly for jumping on the podcast this week. NBA Talk, fourth appearance ever. It's a record. Will it be beaten? I don't think so. I mean, just incredible. That's all we got this week. Thank you all for listening to this week's edition of Zero Facts Podcast. And remember, next Wednesday, check it out, episode 24. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be factual. So you all need to tune in, turn on your notifications. I don't even know. And remember, if you like if you like the podcast, if you like the facts that we just laid out for you, then go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go follow, like the facts, Xander's Facts. That's Xander with a Z. Follow, download, rate, and review the podcast right in the podcast app. Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever. And most importantly, remember, ladies and gentlemen, spread the facts. Most importantly, go swipe into your DMs. I don't even care who it is. 
It could be your ex-lover. It could be someone you've never met. It could be your best friend. I don't care. Xander's Facts Podcast. Go tell them right now. Everyone you know. Everyone. All your followers. All your people you're following. Xander's Facts Podcast. There you go. That's it. Episode 23 of the Xander's Facts Podcast is officially in the books. And we'll see y'all next week.